Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. We're going to jump in the Word this morning. Father, I bless you and thank you for the power of your Word. Lord, what we've been talking about over these last few weeks as we've been looking at what your word says about, Father, the coming of your son Jesus for his bride, his church, one day soon. And I am thankful today that uh, you are stirring us to make sure that we are preparing ourselves for that day. That when the question is asked, even in our own hearts, are we ready? Lord, that we are searching and allowing your Holy Spirit to search the deep places of our heart to make sure that's what is most important is most important to us. That what is, should be major in our life stays the major thing in our life. And I am thankful today for this people, for a people that love you, love your presence, love your church, love your word, and look forward to the day, Father, that you will send your son back for your bride. But until that day, you have called us to be about your business. And so I thank you for a faithful people to shepherd, to pray over, to walk with, to stand arm in arm with, to take our city, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So we give you all thanks and praise this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said a big amen. amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 40 says this. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So over the last two weeks, starting on the last Sunday of 2023 and last Sunday, the first Sunday of 2024, I talked about the desire for us to pray, to hunger, to desire for the coming of Jesus uh, in our lives, not just so that we can be sucked out of the earth because things are bad, but because we have a great desire to be with Father God. And then last week, we talked about the soon coming of Jesus, and, and again, that word soon is an interesting word, um, because in Scripture, the word says that to God, one day is as a what? Thousand, thousand what? Years. Thousand days or thousand years? years? One day, thousand years. You can't comprehend that, right? No way you can comprehend that. One day is as a thousand years. A thousand years is as one day. The other morning, um, my niece sent me a text, and she said, Uncle George, it's been 11 years ago today that Mom was diagnosed with cancer. 
11 years ago. She said, I walked in a store today and I heard this song, 10,000 Reasons. And she said, I burst into tears. She said, why am I still crying after 11 years? I miss my mother. We talked about how quickly 11 years has come and gone. Then we talked about her dad, because that morning in, in our leadership team meeting, Suzanne brought up about Uncle Bob, Mr. Bob. She's talking about how much she missed Mr. Bob, how much she loved Mr. Bob. And it seemed like it was only yesterday that Bob went to be with the Lord. For us, a day, a year, is a significant time frame. But for God, a thousand years is like one day. I've told you all this story when my dad was near the end of his life, 99 years old, and we were sitting on the side of his bed one afternoon, and he started reminiscing and telling me stories. Some of you, last week, bombarded me after service. We knew every story about your whole entire life. Where'd those two stories come from? I had people, some of y'all asked me, did you make those up? Yeah, like, I've run out of stories, so I'm going to make up new ones. I said, you sure I never told No, I've never heard. Jamie even said it. Pastor Jamie said, I, I've heard every story. I've never heard that story. I said, well, it really happened. But my dad was, was reminiscing, and I'm sitting there on the side of his bed, and I'm about 61, 62, I guess, at the time. And Dad starts telling me stories about when he was a teenager and when he went into the Army, him and his brother, World War II. His brother was a bomber pilot under General MacArthur. And my dad's telling me stories like it was yesterday. 99, his mind was pretty sharp. I'm like, Pops, are you making up this story? <laughs> He said, no, son. He said, it, it was like it was yesterday. So when we talk about soon, and we talk about wanting the Lord to come soon, that is a term that, that, that oftentimes for one person it's one thing, for someone else it's something else. We've, we've talked about the desire in our, in our prayer for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And if you're one that keeps abreast of what's going on in the Christian world, around the world, and you know that there are people that are dying for their faith. Matter of fact, this morning I was reading an article out of uh, the Voice of the Martyrs about a woman in England who has been arrested and put in jail twice for standing outside of abortion clinic praying quietly. She tells the story of six police officers coming, tackling her, wrestling her down for praying quietly. Prayer. Obviously, in some places, it's against the law. People 
are living lives around the world that we as American Christians have a hard time comprehending the price they're paying. We have to pay our own price. Ours normally has to do with the opposite of what they're going through. We have to, we have to deal with prosperity and, and when you got too much and, and when you start thinking you deserve certain rights and certain things because you're a believer and your confession is right. Do I take 10 vacations this year or, or do I go for one a month? And there's nothing wrong with vacations. But the reality of what some folks are dealing with in their faith and what some others of us deal with are two different worlds. They are probably crying out more desperately, Lord, come soon. Many that are paying the price, watching their children suffer, watching uh, their, their husbands being ripped out of their homes, watching their churches being burned and bombed. There's probably more of a desperation because when you... When you have a lot and you're really incredibly blessed, sometimes if we're not careful, we think it's because of our good works. When in all reality, a lot of it has to do with the fact you were born or somehow got to America. No matter how bad it is in America right now, we're way better off than four-fifths of the rest of the world. But to whom much has been given, come on, much is required. So therefore, if I've been overly blessed, maybe God has blessed me because he's got something he wants me to do with that blessing besides more stuff for me. And I'm not telling anybody to go do something with what you have. That's Holy Spirit's business. But the reality is, is that we want to make sure that we tune our hearts, minds, and spirits in to saying what, what is most important to the Father today and what is he requiring of me. You know, when I was first diagnosed a little over four years ago, one of the first th two things popped up. One... Three things. First was, I'm not ready to die. Two, I want to watch my grandchildren grow up. And three, there are places yet in the world I want to preach the gospel that I haven't gotten to preach to yet. There are places I want to go back to, Cuba being one of them. There's things I want to give to. Yesterday I met with one of the men in our church and some ladies from the state of Florida who are a part of an intercessory prayer group for the nation. And the lady was sharing with me some of the details of what they're doing and, and how they have prayer groups in every county in the state of Florida. And 49 of the 50 states, uh, there are people that are connected to them uh, that are praying and making intercession for the world that we're living in today, praying beyond, Lord, bless me with more stuff. 
and are more consumed with praying for the restoration of, of lives and marriages and families and lost, lost loved ones. Pastor Francis, our very good friend from California, this week, after being consumed with a thought and a desire over the last several months, is leaving tomorrow to start a four-day, 12-hour-a-day fast and prayer time for lost family members of the church, the people that he knows. And, and he's, he's actually going to be Zooming 12 hours a day, and there are 15-minute slots that he's asking those of us that are in relationship with him to go on, come on, Zoom with him, and pray in agreement. Share with him and him share with us certain people that we're praying for and believing for salvation. Everybody in this room has a family member, I could almost guarantee it, that is not walking with God. And if today were their last day, they could not answer the question, am I ready? Their, their confrontation or their standing before God would not be a comfortable place. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day when those who are not right with God, when Holy Spirit comes upon them and knocks at their heart's door, today is a day when they can cry out, yes, God, I am tired of trying to be my own God. And life is flying by. One day, my dad was a young 13-year-old boy, and the next day he's 99 years old with, with seven children and 45 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren, and he's sitting on the side of his bed reminiscing about how quickly his life went by. And I said, Pop, you, you have any regrets? He said, Son, I have many regrets. But most of my regrets are the things that I believe God wanted me to do that I never did. I, I don't want to end up in that place in my life where at the end I have regrets because instead of doing what the Father was urging me to do, I was too busy doing what I wanted to do. Y'all don't get quiet on me this morning in here. See, th this word is a word to stir all of us to that which is greater. My friend from Kansas this morning texted me and he said, as far as I know, yesterday when it's minus zero, he said, I do not know of one sporting event, outdoor kid sporting event that was canceled. Minus zero. Kids out playing soccer. Football game last night. Miami Dolphins didn't have a chance. <laughs> Those boys' blood looks like mine, man. It's like pink lemonade. And they go up to Kansas where those boys are farm-fed boys up there. I mean, the, those boys got thick blood. They, how do you play football when it's minus whatever? See, there are all kind of gods that we're serving in this world. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 says this, So when 
They had come together. They asked Jesus. Now, remember this story. The Lord has already been to the cross. He's already died. He's already been put in the grave. He's already come out three days later. He's revealed himself to many of his believers. And now he's at that time of ascension when he's about to uh, defy gravity and go back into the heavens uh, to be with Father God. And he's with his disciples this one last time. And it says, when they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Gainesville, Newberry, Stark, Waldo. Florida, the United States of America, Cuba, Russia, China, Taiwan, Honduras. The other day I had a medical procedure and I was getting the port taken out of my chest and the young man uh, had called me uh, several times during the afternoon because my doctor uh, was in surgery over at the hospital and he kept being delayed. And so this young man, uh, after the third time calling, and it, the first two times he called me Mrs. Brantley. Mrs. Brantley, yes. We talked and then he called me back Mrs. Brantley. And finally the third time I said, excuse me, uh, I, I'm actually Mr. Brantley and I hope Doc's doing the surgery on me and not on my wife. He's like, I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm from Honduras. <laughs> and uh, so when I got in and we're sitting, we're waiting for the doctor, I, I went in a few minutes early, walked in the door late in the afternoon Thursday, and uh, nobody's in the waiting room, and only the staff's there. And I walked in, and, and they all looked up at, with, with, like, we're so sorry. And I said, look, understand. But I, I went ahead and came early because I didn't want another phone call. I'm just going to sit in the doctor's room until he gets here. And uh, so anyhow, the young man and I start talking, and I ask him, where are you from? He said, Honduras. He started talking about where, and I, he was shocked to find out that, uh, that I'd been to Honduras four or five times, and, and uh, that uh, I, I'd flown into the new airport, and I, to Gusagapa and, and Zambrano, where Jimmy and Jessica are, and, and so we're, we're talking about all these things, and, and I started asking, what, what are you doing here? How'd you end up here? He said, well, I was born in Honduras, raised in Germany, and so are, was your dad military? No, he worked for BMW. And, and uh, so we get into this long conversation, and I finally said, how old are you, and what are you doing with your life? He said, I'm 25, and I want to be a doctor. But he said, I don't have $750,000 to go to medical school. So I said, so what are you going to do? And it opened the door of a conversation that led to the kingdom. What, what do you think God wants you to do with your life? Looked at me like, does God really care? How many of y'all think God cares? He said, man, he cares about every area of your life. And I said, I'm so glad you're here today and I got to meet you and you're going to help Doc take care of getting this little thing out of my chest. But God has a purpose and a plan for your life. We, we might be challenged and, and, and 
a charge by Jesus to not worry about the prophetic signs that so many people get caught up in and be more consumed with what we've been called to do, and that's to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be a witness, a testimony. Where are you going to be tomorrow at 10 o'clock? I don't know where you're going to be. I don't even know where I'm going to be. But wherever you are and wherever I am is where we're supposed to be and where God wants us to be ready instant, in season and out. My friend from Davenport was texting all the guys. that We have a little pastor's group of guys that we've known each other for about 40 years. And uh, every Sunday we text back and forth and encourage one another. And sometimes they're so spiritual that I just go, uh, ditto to all of that. I can't outdo that. So just whatever y'all just spoke over all of us, I agree, I receive. And, and, uh, th- but this morning, he, uh, one of the brothers, uh, he said, yeah, he said, I, I got a phone call at 11 o'clock last night from my pastor saying I'm stuck in Chicago, can't get out tag, you're it, you're going to preach in the morning to an empty congregation, uh, but we're going to live stream it out to our church. And uh, one, that, that you get a call at 11 o'clock, and you got to be ready to preach tomorrow, and, and, and two, you got to preach to nobody. Can I tell y'all, that's not fun? That's why that if you got a seat empty beside you, invite somebody next week and get it filled up, because it's more fun to preach when it's full than when it's empty. And we're called to go into all the world and be a light and a testimony. So that whatever part of that has to do with me being ready for what the Lord has, I will be ready. Verse 9, it says, And when he had said these things, Jesus, speaking to the disciples, listen to this, As they were looking up, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While they were looking on, he was lifted up. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men, angels, stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, come on, you need a promise from God, here it is this morning, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Man, I need a word from God today. I just gave it to you. Man, I need to hear from God today. You just heard. He is coming again in like manner. The same way he went up, he's coming back. But it doesn't mean that we sit around all hung up looking because that's what the angels were saying to him. He already told you, be busy about his business. We're not to come to church and just gaze. Oh. Oh. We're to come, be fed. Come on. Be fed so we can be strengthened, built up, challenged, stirred, encouraged, excited. About what? About going out there because wherever you are at 10 o'clock in the morning, God has you there for a reason. Maybe it's the grocery store, maybe it's the gas station, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's some random stranger, and the Lord brings them into your life for a moment, and that might be the only moment you have with that person in your entire life. Think about it. 
Will we be faithful? Because we're ready. We want to help everybody else get ready. And hear me, if our loved ones are not saved, they are not ready. They do not want Jesus to come soon. You hear me? I, I have so many relatives in my family. The last time we were all gathered was at my dad's service over on the south campus. And we took a picture, and there were some 55 or 60 Brantleys on the stage wearing blue and orange, because that's what dad wanted. And some of my precious nieces and nephews can talk the talk every time somebody in my family dies. But their life does not line up with the Word of God. It doesn't matter if you can talk the talk. If Jesus is not Lord of your life, see, you, you can't live in a lifestyle contrary to the kingdom. You can't be immoral. You can't, you can't be an adulterer, a fornicator, a homosexual, a lesbian. You cannot be a thief and a murderer and be right with God. Talk all the talk you want. But if Jesus comes back, you're going to hear Right after you bow your knee and declare him to be Lord of Lords, you're going to hear, depart from me into everlasting darkness. I don't know you. I want to make sure that not only do I know God, I want to make sure he knows me. I, I want to make sure out of a heart that's surrendered to Lord, whatever your will is, help me to live it out. I need your help. How many of you need his help? We need his help to do what he's called us to do. So, as we look at the reality from Scripture that Jesus is coming back, whether soon fits our definition or not, we know and believe with all of our heart that he is. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says this, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved what I quoted you a moment ago, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. In a moment, I'm going to go and read most of Second Peter chapter 3 there because Peter writes with such clarity and revelation of the last days and what we're to be about, what we're supposed to do. But before we get there, I want to read you out of Luke chapter 12. I read you verse 40 a second ago. I'm going to go back to verse 35 and read down. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 says, Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. Get dressed for the work of the ministry. Whatever that means. I, I don't believe it has to do with our outward clothing he says get dressed for battle get dressed to do the work of the ministry one of the things that I learned uh, I was saying to these ladies yesterday as we were having coffee and talking about prayer and uh, they, they were making some statements about the sadness of, of people in the church that actually pray and how that in almost all of their intercessory prayer groups, 75% of those groups of those people are, anybody know, male or female, are women. They're women. I said, well, I'm thankful that on our Tuesday morning prayer here, even though we're still a remnant, 
that we have a lot of men in our house that are getting up, paying the price to come and make intercession, not only for their children, their wives, their family, but for lost people, for those that are hurting, for those that have a need. Intercessory prayer in the church, at least in America, it's always a remnant. And I'm going to leave that alone for another time. But he says, stay dressed for action. So I was saying to these ladies yesterday, at Christ for the Nations in Dallas in 1981, I said, I learned three things. I grew up in the faith in three areas in my two years at Christ for the Nations Bible Institute. Number one is I learned how to worship. I learned how to get free in worship. I learned how to lift my hands. I learned that it's okay to hop and dance and move around. I, I found out that it's okay to have an expression of gratitude. Secondly, I learned how to pray. For a year and a half, I went to an intercessory prayer group for the nation of India. I've been on 174 missions trips around the world. I've never been to India. But yet for one year and a half, I prayed for India like I was going next week. Holy Spirit taught me how to pray. He taught me how to, to read and, and to research this country that I was uh, praying for. He, he, he stirred me to, to uh, ha have a desire to see what some of these people were going through. And I had the privilege of meeting some young men that were students at Christ for the Nations from the nation of India. And I, and I would search them out and, and uh, sit down and over a cup of coffee, uh, they would tell me their stories of what their families were going through, trying and living for God in a nation where it was not always popular. So I learned how to pray. And then the third thing that the Lord stirred in me in my two years at Christ for the Nations was a desire to go to the world, missions. I had never been outside the country at that point in time, did not have a passport. Believed that I would get to go one day and believed that I would go to India. And here it is 40 plus years later, and I've had the privilege of preaching the gospel in Red Square in China and Red Square in Russia and in the squares in Cuba because God loves those people and to whom much has been given. Much is required of us. Does that mean everybody in America has got to go somewhere overseas one day and preach? No. But there's so many other things that we can do as we commit our life to say, in your kingdom come, your will be done. There's giving, there's praying, there's declaring, making declarations. And one of the things, as is, is I was reading the scripture, dress, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. I remember at Christ for the Nations, I learned how to take what many consider the Lord's Prayer, where I grew up, you know, playing sports, and we would have our little religious chapel service before a game, and we would all get in a circle, and we'd join hands, and we would pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come as though that was what Jesus was saying. And, he, and, and I found out at Christ for the Nations that that really was a teaching point that Jesus was teaching his disciples. You start 
by honoring God. Hallowed be thy name. You can spend a whole hour in that one little first part of that prayer. It wasn't the prayer, it was the teaching of the prayer that Jesus was trying to get across. And, and one of those parts in that prayer is learning how to dress yourself, learning how to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and take up the whole armor of God and prepare yourself for the battle of the day by putting on the helmet of salvation, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, by girding your waist with the belt of truth, by, by putting on... Uh, on your feet the the gospel of Jesus Christ meaning you are prepared to go out today into battle taking up the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and the shield of faith and declaring I am now dressed and ready for battle and that's how we're to go out of our houses in the morning and yet so many have their five-minute devotion and Lord bless me and help me to get rich today while I'm heading to work prayers when God has called us into battle. To do what? To prepare. To be ready for the coming of the Lord. Being ready because we're being faithful. Blessed. Verse 36. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. What, what is being said here? The church is being challenged to stay awake and to know what time it is. He said whether it's the first watch of the evening, the second, or the third, be awake. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also, verse 40 again, must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Jesus is coming back for his church. So we have to have the balance of not sitting around and getting hung up on the rapture and when is, when's he coming and, and what are the prophets saying and how do we know and, and, and when all you have to do is be busy about his business. What's he called us to do? Man, love the unlovable. Reach out to those who are hurting. Be a witness on your job site, in your place of employment. Live a life that is ready to show forth the kingdom of God at any given moment and when necessary, use words. What are you saying, Pastor? Let your life, let your life speak. Let your life show forth the love of God. And as necessary, use words to speak and encourage and even bring conviction into people's lives. I want to close with this, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Pause that clock for two minutes and I'll be happy. I'll be happy even if you don't. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. This is now the second letter, Peter's declaring, that I am writing to you, beloved, 
In both of them, I am stirring your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last day with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished, but by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is now not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but what? But that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So the question is this, are you ready? And if you're ready, and you're doing everything that the Lord is stirring in your heart to do, then there is a wonderful peace that settles over your life. And a confidence that says, my latter days, they're going to be greater than my former days. I got something to do. I got a life to live. I got a purpose to walk out. I have something yet to accomplish. You see, if you're still, if you're sitting in this room this morning and blood's running through your veins and, and, and oxygen through your lungs, you have a purpose and yet in which God is not through with you. So the question is, Father, what is that purpose? Use me. I want to be ready. I want to be prepared. I want to be faithful to the end. Before you can ever get to that place, you first of all have to be ready by having surrendered your heart, soul, mind, and body to Jesus Christ. It's not good enough to go to church. It's not good enough to know about God. The question is, do you know him? Does he know you? Have you opened up your heart 
to everything he has for you that begins at salvation. I want to ask you to bow your head. I'm going to ask believers to pray for just a moment quietly where you're sitting. Because I believe that there's some in this room, there's some watching online today that you know that you're not ready. You know that you have not yet surrendered. Maybe you walked with God as a child and somehow got discouraged, believed a lie, walked away, but the Lord has brought you back here today for such a time as this. Maybe you've never known God as Lord and Savior of your life. You're intrigued. You've read about him, but you don't know him. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you more than you can comprehend or even imagine? He loves you and has a purpose for your life. He wants you not only to live eternally with him in those new heavens and new earth, but he wants you to live an abundant life here and now. Free of sin, free of guilt, free of condemnation, free of shame. Doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. If Jesus is knocking at your heart's door today, I encourage you to open up your heart and invite him to come in. Believers are praying with you. and This is just between you, me, and Holy Spirit right now for a moment. If you're watching online, you can pray the prayer with us in a moment. You can call our office. You can email us, text us. Let us know what's happened. Then come to church. Come join us. But you're sitting in this room today, and, and Jesus is tapping away. All you have to do is surrender. Say, Lord, come into my life. If you allow me, I'll lead you in a prayer. We'll pray that prayer and we'll invite him in. But with every head bowed and believers are praying for you, if that's you this morning in this room, I want to invite you just to lift up your hand and hold it. Let me see it for just a moment. Recognize it. And then we're going to pray. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. There are others. This is your day. This is your moment. This is your time. Jesus loves you so much. Biggest decision you ever make in your life? A decision that's eternal. Anyone else? This is your moment right here, right now. Don't miss it. Don't wait for another time. Today. Yes, sir, God bless you. Yes, sir, God bless you, sir. Thank you. Jesus loves you so much. Never forget when I ran down that aisle to that altar as a young boy, my life was forever radically changed. And I have no regrets living for Jesus. He frees us, blesses, loves. I want to invite all of you why don't you just go ahead and stand with me, please, across the congregation. Prayer team, you can come on down here. But I want to lead these precious men that have raised their hands this morning. 
It's a great thing when a man will humble himself and acknowledge he needs God in his life. It's a hard thing. invite the whole congregation to join me and pray with me this morning. Pray this prayer out loud. Father God, thank you for first loving me. Today, I surrender my heart to you. Jesus, I invite you to come into my life. I receive you today to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. I acknowledge that I've been a sinner in need of a Savior. And today, Jesus, I'm inviting you to be my Savior, to be my Lord. I receive forgiveness. I receive today your love for me. And I'm deeply grateful. So today, Father, I'm choosing you for the rest of the days of my life. I'm choosing Jesus to be my Lord. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into my heart. Fill me with God's presence. Today, Father, I am grateful for your love your goodness, your mercy, your salvation that you're given to me. And I receive it in faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.